It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Today is the day where I declare myself out of watching television. Hello, uh, I'm Luke, editor and runner, or I used to be editor and runner of thecustardtv.com. As of this moment, and at the end of this podcast, I will no longer be watching television. I'll go into that in greater depth in a minute. Um, join, <laughs> joining, me, joining me on this podcast is uh, Token Northerner Matt. Hello. And he's here in London, it's Gary. Good evening. I did say at the start that I will not be watching television anymore. Uh, yeah, what's, what's I, happened? I've got to say, I, I, well, over the last few years I've enjoyed it. Today, I think I've had enough. Uh, this morning, I happened across a live vasectomy. What was it on? What channel? It was on This Morning oh. on ITV. Right. And they were doing a live vasectomy. You saw everything you wanted to see and everything that you didn't want to see. What and did you want it. to see? Yeah. Uh, advert. Not that. I wanted to see anything advert. but that. I wanted to see the John Lewis advert. Anything. Ugh. Anything other than vasectomy. So I'm done. That's it. That's the last thing I'll ever see on TV. That's Was it Philip Schofield or did they ask somebody else? <laughs> For the look, I couldn't tell. It looked a bit like Gordon the Ghost. You couldn't tell. <laughs> what they didn't show the face. No. Well, uh, it did. It did resemble Gordon the Gopher, but that right. may be for other reasons. Do you reckon that will make it onto Gogglebox on? Uh, I am Friday. absolutely it's more likely to make it onto Sexbox, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you can see now, I've clamped the bottom end of the tube. This end is the one that's close to the testicle. This end is the one that's on, uh, on the on the other side. I'm now going to remove this section of tube with the hyperkator and so you can see that burning away. And really sealing itself. So when, you, when you've done this and you're going to, to tie the ends, the, the tying really then, John, is to make sure is. that this is all tied off. It's not to stop bleeding. From the home of TV news, interviews and reviews, this is the Custard TV Podcast. Have any of us seen the new... Um, <laughs> Over the, you know, overly exposed already. Speaking of the live vasectomy, uh, John John Lewis had. Have any of I haven't seen, seen it. I watched yet. it on the website where you wrote a little article about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, first impression. In fact, Gary, if you can, if your internet will allow, oh, could you then. go onto type? YouTube now and watch it? John Lewis, believe it or not, add to type in John Lewis, or right. go to thecustomtv.com and look at it. Yeah, I, do, I was just going to say. <laughs> 
Um, why why didn't occur to me first? I just think why they're getting more, in more, more and more obscure each week. That each year, sorry, the John Lewis advert. I like the the um, Snowman one was probably yeah, my favourite. Yeah, the favorite. Snowman one was a classic. The Power of Love or the um, yeah. Please Let Me Get What I Want, that one. With the kid and the Can we parcel. do a live review? Yeah, it, just, I just want to... It's two minutes. Two, two minutes, so, just, you know, I'll do a live kind of... Basically, it's Penguin, isn't it? And then there's a penguin sitting next to him, and then... And the there's John Lennon's song, played by Tom O'Dell, I believe. Is They're allowing the penguin on the on the bouncy thing. There's a health and safety rule there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not good. The parents clearly aren't looking after the penguin. It's being attacked by pigeons. There's some women. Uh... Penguin gets out of the water, eats a pigeon, maybe. If anyone wants Gary to uh, provide DVD commentary yep. on some... Uh... Well, and then he's get... dropping fish fingers to him. I mean, that's a bad move. Where I, mean... I get the John Lewis box set? I hope that Gary's yeah. doing the commentary. <laughs> and he's drawing a picture of a penguin. Yeah, and then he's watching an old film. I don't recognise the film, and his eyes are growing bigger. And then he's looking at uh, uh, some people on a bus. Or he's on a bus. Uh, they let the penguin on the bus again. Health and safety. And the penguins woken up and down the stairs. Again, how did the penguin get downstairs? I need to see that. Uh, and then they're showing the penguin. Ah, uh, a female penguin has been bought for him for Christmas, but it's not been wrapped properly. But so, so that's he, disappointing. He, the little boy literally Wait, went to John Lewis. He, he, he literally yeah. went. Oh, I to see. John they're not real penguins. Yeah. Uh, it's only in his head. He literally uh, went to John uh, Lewis to pick up a penguin. Yeah. Ah. No? Uh, uh, Right, well that is it, thank you, you can listen yep. to all we have to do before we finish is the uh, news, TV reviews and previews, so we'll just run through them quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, TV okay. news, but, Gary. But look, go. Luke, what, before we go on, was it sort of the final cut for you? <laughs> I see, you could say it's a snip at half the price. The aforementioned ITV uh, that we were talking about a moment ago with this morning have announced the sixth series of Downton Abbey. I'll, I'll be beginning to, to stretch this out a bit too much. Yeah, I just think, I mean, I haven't really watched this series, but... Um, oh. I, no, not really. I watched the first one and I've sort of, you know, in and out of it a little bit, but it's just, it's the same thing really. And I just think, I think this might be the last one. I think Julian Fellow said he was going to do... Uh, six, six one might be the last one, so we'll see. Six, six, six seasons in a movie. movie, yes. Community, hey. as we all know. Hey. Uh, BBC Two have ordered more of Two Tribes, a quiz show uh, which featured Richard Osman from Countless... Countless? Pointless. I was thinking of Countdown, <laughs> but he's pointless. <laughs> uh, I caught a bit of this when it was out. It was all right. I, I, I didn't think it was particularly groundbreaking yeah. quiz show. But I didn't think hey, the concept that sort of was six... very strong. But for that six six thirty slot on BBC mm. Two, I thought it was watch it was okay, and the BBC has ordered a fifth series of Call the Midwife, The Mentalist, which is shown on Channel Five in this country and on CBS. Or Matt's middle name, or Matt's nickname. Yep, The Mentalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
that's funny. Uh, it's gonna its seventh series, which is uh, gonna be showing in America, is going to be its last. I think we're still on series six over here. I'm not sure if we're a year behind. I'm not right, sh- quite but sure on that point, one. At one point, wasn't that incredibly high rating? It, it was, yeah. Certainly, I mean, CBS itself used to be one of its high-rated shows, and I think it did pretty well over here. And it, no, I mean, um, it's one of Channel Five's big big hitters, along with CSI. I suppose Big Brother now, but the Mantelist does really well for Channel Five. But what? So what happened? What's happened to it? For, well, I, I think, I think what's happened is, is that in America, um, it changed. There was a certain protagonist. I think it was something like the Red Killer or something. Or there was a protagonist. Oh, yeah. that then... Red John or something. Something like Blue that. Blue Steve. No. Green Harvey. <laughs> no. Um, it, it, it was. Um, it was Red John. It was Red John. And I have a feeling that they resolved that that character. So therefore, or they resolved he was a serial killer that they caught. So I don't know whether perhaps, I don't know whether perhaps that's made a difference. Talking of the USA network in America, they have renewed light-hearted drama Royal Pains for two more series. It's shown well, in Luke's the UK on the Royal Pains. Hey, I can't. I'm, I'm glad that we're running out of uh, news items for my nickname. But two more series of this have been ordered. It's currently showing on Universal. And the reason I mention it is I noticed that ITV2 have been doing. Uh, yeah. Late afternoon, early evening repeats recently. I will hand That's over a... to uh, Matt before he comes up with another pun for the reviews. I don't do puns. Well, puns are uh, so we will start with the return of. Um, is this the seventh series now? Twenty-four hours in A and E. It is. In fact, it, yeah. it will. The first from Saint George's in Tooting. That for me was the only. Big change, really, in this. I enjoyed the main story with the uh, girl who—I know this sounds rather morbid—but the girl who crashed her moped into a wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was really, that was really enjoyable. That was I really liked it when there was, it was, when there was well, a hint of death. It was, it was a well-told story. I mean, we were we were jokingly saying last week when we previewed it that we wanted more horrific accidents, more and then this was a girl. Injuries. Then this was a girl who lost her leg, and the leg came in separately to the rest of her body. Um, yeah, but I thought it was well told. I like the fact that they used her granddad um, talking about the whole family, and uh, you know, you saw her progress uh, at the end of the episode. But I, uh, overall, I, I think there was more hits than miss. It. Well, oh, that's a bad phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh my word! <laughs> you are crashing on this. <laughs> oh, sorry, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I just think it's lost some of its its luster that it had in the uh, in the early series. I think it's still a really relevant documentary. Mm. It's still well made. I mean, I think a lot really of well they've together. tried to do a lot of sort of imitations of it since some of what like um, police custody police recently custody. and mostly the educating series and some have been less successful I, th- uh, I think perhaps it's undoing is the fact that it has to be not that it matters to me as a viewer I don't know how many viewers even think about it but the fact that it has to be over the 24 hour period mm, yeah. perhaps means that they are a bit I limited mean, in you, what they you can lost have. a lot of it, her name was Kerry I believe and you lost a lot of her in the second half obviously when she went in for tests and things like that yeah. and they had to switch to the other I story I suppose the thing, the thing is, is that 24 hours works so much better in the custody one because there is a 24-hour limit on the amount you can keep them. Yeah, they, it they isn't really relevant in 24 hours and any, and that was, of course, the originator. I suppose what they're doing is showing you a 24-hour snapshot of what happens in an A&E. Yeah, unit, that's it, yeah. Rather than... But, but sometimes, you know, not enough happens in that 24 hours, but they yeah. kind of make stories out of those things. They must have been chuffed to bits, though, when somebody... 
well not this is going to sound awful as well but somebody loses a leg and then a, a girl is complaining because she stepped on a bit of glass no she stepped on a battery was it that was it was a nail wasn't it it was a nail that was yeah. it yeah jimmy jimmy nail Jimmy you now. She right. was wearing crocodile shoes. Shoes. <laughs> I was just a oh. Oh. <laughs> We are yeah. the only TV podcast uh, to mention Jew South one week and uh, and Jimmy now the next. Yes. So if you're marking that down. If, uh, if you time travel from 1992, then well. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we are so on the ball. Moving on um, to Doctor Who, which um, started the first part of uh, Close Your Ears, Luke, a two-part series finale. This was obviously the the big uh, revelation at the end of this was the um, identification of Missy, which a lot of people guessed already. And obviously at the end it was revealed uh, that she is actually a female incarnation of the Master. Now Gary is the sort of long-time Doctor Who fan. What did you think of this? I thought it was a good reveal. I must admit, I, I, I do think that it wasn't hard to work out. I think Missy to Master, Missy Shield for Mistress. A lot of Doctor Who fans had already posted that. Again, it, like Broadchurch, she was that was the most popular answer on a Radio Times poll that I saw. But I did like it, and I do think she's excellent in that role. I think she's perfectly suited to be the Master. Yeah. What, uh, what or that, that kind of maniacal character. What did you think of the episode as a whole? Because there's been quite a bit of controversy of, you know, using um... the death. Danny's death in it. After. I liked the shock. You know, the fact that, you know, there you're talking about a character which, you know, throughout the whole series has been built up as very much part of Clara's life. And then it, it kind of made sense, her her kind of throwing away the keys uh, to the TARDIS one by one. Yeah. It did show you the level of closeness that she feels to him, how much she's already in love with him, that she would do that. I mean, I've really enjoyed this series. The writing yeah. has been really strong, and the so arc she... they've done of the Am I a Good Man of the Doctor thing, you know, they do that each week. You know, you've got her lying yeah. to him, and now he's dead. And I just thought it was really well done. I could understand why people have got a problem with it, and I'm, yeah. but I thought it was excellent. I'm looking forward to the so series finale. Uh, moving from Missy well, to Missy, well, this was the second episode. Uh, Luke hasn't seen this yet, so we'll we'll talk I about it. I don't mind. It's my fault for not seeing I, it. So well, I, totally I, in a non-spoilery way, I, I think the biggest thing was the introduction of new characters. Really, yeah. Was... I mean, I mentioned it to you. The introduction of uh, Vincent Borg. The um, how would you describe him? Not a paedophile, you know, sort of. Well, he he he, he's, he was attracted he, to children, wasn't he? So yeah, he was working in a late night yeah. chicken shop, and he'd asked for the night shift because then he was less likely to come in contact with children. I, I think I think actually that was a very good scene to show on television because you know here was a guy that was struggling. You know he you know and I didn't they go for his story. I thought once he'd been dismissed as a, as a suspect, I thought they you know bounce him. But obviously he has got maybe something more to do with, with, with what happens. And I thought it was very interesting to see what had happened to him. You know, we're seeing the, the, the wave of impact of this issue amongst the town, the parents, the investigators involved, the journalists. It's very interesting. Ken Stott's character, this sort of property developer who offers up, you know, a reward for any information on uh, Oliver's mm. disappearance. I really thought it was brave to open the episode with Ken Stott's character because he is a character that we hadn't met at all in the first episode. Yeah. And he was in a good three minutes before, you know, the opening credits. And you saw him watching the appeal on the TV, and that's the first time you saw, you know, the Francis O'Connor and James have... And I just mm. think it's it's widened it up. You know, they've, they've cast some doubt in the 2006 scenes about, you know, um, mm. his violent past, maybe. And then you've got 
you know, the journalist yeah. saying to the wife about, or the mother, I should say, uh, you know, I know what you did and I'm going to prove it. And it's just these little mm. bits that are making you really, really intrigued about what's yes. going to happen next. You, you don't know what the thing is yet. No. It hasn't been revealed. And again, so that's, really that's good. because of the, the dual timeline. Timeline. Yeah. A lot of people saying it's quite slow, though. As a, as... It's got the mood of those European dramas that we talked about last week. And it's not just because it's set in France and we've still got, as Gary mentioned last week, the, the sort of discrepancy between some subtitles and some yeah. scenes that, you know, you don't aren't subtitled. But it's just got that mood and it is deliberately slow. And I think if you want a fast-moving drama, then maybe this isn't your thing. But then but, Broadchurch but was quite slow as well, wasn't it? But I think yeah. the other thing that's, d- that's doing, and as you say, is copying the Scandinavian dramas, is it always ends on a little bit of a twist. Yeah. I mean, I've I also read read ahead of some, not spoilers, read some reviews of episode three, non-spoilery, and they reckon episode three is even better. Broadchurch was good at the beginning yeah. and kept being good, and if you look, it got worse at the end, but for everyone else it was fine. I, I think... saying that. <laughs> I think the missing will get better and better and better. Yeah, I think, and I think I, those I, who've been involved in the beginning will really get a sense of satisfaction if it can I, deliver a good ending. I believe as well that a lot of people maybe have got used to like the three-part dramas that have been on. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, all yeah. of this was basically him trying to get this case reopened. You yeah, know, it, it was a good twenty minutes, obviously, because we got the two thousand six scenes. But it was like, you thought after last week, oh, they're going to get this case reopened straight away. But I like the pace of it. I, I, I like that, and I, I think so. that's one of its strengths. Did those scenes um, between the two time periods, did they gel better this time, do you think? I thought I so. I thought they gelled fine. It was so good. The second episode really got me hooked on it. I, think I, still, first... I still don't like the journalist, but I don't know why. No, we don't know I, what he uh... did. But I don't I, like I think, it. Yeah, the journalist, I don't think you're meant to like him very much because no. he is this ambitious, like, he's a local journalist, isn't he? I think that was a good revelation. Yeah. That he, well, he, he wanted this story because it was going to be his big break. Uh, just regardless of what you think of the pacing or the dual timelines, James Nisbet is acting as such Yeah, he's oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Francis O'Connor is great. I, I think the guy playing the French detective whose name I can't pronounce... I think yeah. he's great. Ken Stott is brilliant in this episode, and the guy playing Ken Vincent Stott is Ford. one of my favourite actors. I mean, mm. he was brilliant. Yeah, mine too. yeah, yeah. One, very good in, in um, very good in uh, what was the Rebus. one? No, no, well, not only that, he wasn't bad in Rebus. He wasn't as good as John. The Hammond. Vice. Uh, no, he's very good in the uh, Vice. Messiah. Messiah. Thank you very much. He's yeah. brilliant. Playing Ken Stop Bingo. Ken Stop Bingo here. Yeah. Have you told your friends about this podcast? No. Well, tell them now. The Custard TV live. Uh, moving on, our little bit of the uh, reality show catch up. X Factor first double eliminations. Generally, the I think this was the best worst episode of the X Factor so far. It from was Andre, awful. From Andre, I mean, all the performance. I mean, Almost all of the performances were dire, but it was yeah. so funny. From Andrea painted gold to uh, Stevie going to Harvester with Simon Cowell and then dressing as the yeah, Phantom oh, of the Opera. Oh and and the, the cherry on the top of the cake for me was seeing Louis Walsh dressed as a witch going trick-or-treating with uh, uh, Only yeah. the Young. But, I, uh, I thought he was Sund- just popping out for the night. You know, I didn't think he <laughs> Sunday, was Sunday's show saw um, Lola Saunders leave, and she said uh, you know, she was very gutted. And when she's back at her job, the only thing that will be gutted are the fish. I thank you. (laughs) (laughs) To Strictly, and uh, one of the awful contestants when Scott Mills was finally voted off after probably too long on the show. Um, 
Gary, did you enjoy Halloween week on Strictly? It was a little bit more enjoyable. I think the theme weeks on, on that programme seem to work a little bit better. Mm. Uh, we talked earlier about Zoe Ball. I think she was pretty good. She's been very. She's been on the yeah, show. I mean, as a contestant, and she does the, yeah. the, the, the spin-off. She has a relationship with the contestants, doesn't she, because of her role yeah. on it's take two. Similar to Claudia. I think Zoe Ball's style is very relaxed. Claudia's a bit more manic, and Tess... I just find Tess very... Um, static almost she's very you know she's not got mm. that sort of outward personality and I think I was saying this to you wasn't I Luke that she's more exposed because she's so used now. to doing because yeah. she's so used to being Bruce isn't there mm. yeah. she sort of had she yeah. sort of turned off her brain didn't she yeah. really uh, and now she's sort of been shown up as you put it yeah um, and then finally we had The Apprentice um, the coach trip episode oh, which uh, was as i said last week karen brady uh, was really sort uh, excuse, of rolling excuse her me, eyes excuse me excuse me baroness brady if you don't mind she is now Karen, Karen Brady. Brady. Uh, we, we should say we don't know if Karen Brady is Baron or not. We have no Baroness. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> confusion, confusion uh, all around. Yeah. Live. And she's a lord. Now the court of lords now, so you know you could. Well, you know, the cricket. Get you can get on your rear end for that. Yeah. Come at you with a cricket ball. <laughs> it was one of those cringy episodes, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a cringy, um, and it, it got back over six million I, viewers. I think for the first time as well, because now they've cut down the amount. You're yeah. seeing the stronger contestants. I think. I mean, Mark. I think is a is a strong candidate. Yeah. Lauren as well. Um, and obviously, you they've set up some stories for. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Future weeks now with James sort of falling foul of Lord Sugar and Daniel... Uh, being Daniel's uh, on his last really, isn't he? I so. mean, I like how your you're on the website, Luke. Um, denial, she's calling him now, which I quite like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> denial is brilliant. For me, probably the best episode of The Apprentice so far this series. Would we agree? So far, yes. for a long time. I would oh, okay. Say. It, it was funny, and it was everything that the X Factor's not. It was mm. funny. It was enjoyable. Tongue in cheek. And, uh, and the ta- the task didn't frustrate me this week because it had a clear. You know, spend the least money, make the most. You know, spend the least on yeah. your tours, make the most. You know, when the the customers are coming on, but you knew who was going to win from early on, sort of thing. I yeah. Think. Well, no, I thought this was going to be one of these weeks where the team that does awful somehow scrapes by. That I thought for some reason uh, Daniel's hawkish amount of selling uh, was going to gain them a victory by like a pound or something. But then, like, was going to be those, those tickets for even less, didn't she? Yeah, that's what worried me about their team was selling the tickets cheap. Uh, and on Luke's, as we mentioned on the website, there's now seven talent and four tools. So as you say, yeah. we're seeing more mm. of the people now that the and numbers. And some are of going, them tools are questionable. They're all like well, indeed. Rages. I felt sorry for uh, Sanjay, a little yeah. bit. He was the, pro- the losing project manager. It was the most sedate boardroom they've had this series as well. The, yeah, the, the most, there was more conflict between the winning team than there was the losing team. Holy rest. Good morning, everyone! Getting their sold-out history trip started... I'll just give you a tour of London for a second. We've got Café Nero on the left. King James. 
Okay, guys, wouldn't be a coach trip without a coach song, would it? One, two, three. Three man went to mow, went to mow a meadow. One man, two man, three man, and their dog name spot went to mow a meadow. Four man went to mow, went to mow a meadow. Torture. Torture? Are you joining in? Five man went to mow, went to mow a meadow. One man, two man, three man, four man, five man, and their name spot went to mow a meadow. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. The wheels on the bus go round. 45 minutes behind schedule. Well, guys, thanks for bearing with us. We are actually almost here. I'm just recovering from the coach journey from hell. This was sold as a history tour. There's people of all ages interested in history. We get on the coach, and what do we get? One man went to mow and wheels on the bus. Something that finished a week ago, uh, Scott and Bailey. The fourth series ended with the uh, the concluding part of their two-part series finale. Um... Oh, God. <laughs> if I have an aneurysm, I'm sending you the medical <laughs> Um This saw um, the, uh, well, the conviction of the uh, farmer for a, um, the, the wife, was she a farmer's wife, would you say? Yeah, they um, sort of it was like a almost like a slavery storyline, wasn't it? And it was so I thought it was very daring. But at the same time, again, as we say about Scott and Bailey all the time, it was very realistically done. I thought the stuff with mm. Janet and her, um, you know, being pulled up for causing this car crash, the stuff, the conclusion of Jill's sort of alcohol storyline was really well done and her retirement. And I loved the final scene where it was just Saran Jones and Leslie Sharp outside the, you know, smoking outside this pub and it just you know this was scott and bailey sort of talking to each other and they both it is scott and bailey at its... yeah it was at its... i mean if you had to get somebody into the series you could have quite easily shown them that last mm. two parts i mean of... the big question is is this it or are we gonna have Do you know, i was thinking about this and it, it, it will upset me if this is it but if it is it and perhaps it should be because because we've sort of said goodbye uh, at least to, to Amelia Bullmore's character. If this is it, at least it went out on a high, and it's and we're not saying. I mean, this was how a, good. It was. Yeah, this was a great four, series. Right? I mean, series three was patchy, but ended on a high with the Nicola Walker mm, story. Um, but this was this was. I don't think there was a, a bad episode here. I mean, they I they did. Didn't think so. They did a lot of brave stuff. The slavery storyline, the one with the death of the baby as well. I think that you know they pushed the envelope without going too far, and I think, you know, I think it was really it will well. Frustrate me. I w it will frustrate me if this doesn't come back and something like Lewis does. Because yeah. It's... Some new programs. We had um, five-part uh, war, war drama, The Passing Pills, which uh, is on every night at seven for for this week. Um, obviously. In the lead We're up, technically to, missing it now. Uh, obviously, this is another World War One program. This time, the sort of the twist is that we're following boys from both the British Army and the German Army. Do you saw the first episode? Did you, Gary? I saw the second episode actually because I was okay. with people the that were watching it. So yeah, the, fir I, I, the I, first I episode the story. was brilliantly done because you only found out halfway through that one of the lads was German. It was when they were getting their uniforms. And I thought yes, it was just brilliantly done. Um, and then they revealed, you know, where they were. And I just think 
it's very realistic. This is Tony Jordan, who's sort of a, a steady hand. He did, I believe, something about the nativity previously, didn't he? Luke? Like a five-part yeah, drama similar to this. I vaguely right. remember it. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. But the yeah. nativity. That's what it was called. It may I, well have been. I yes, believe well have been. Been. it was called that, yes. And so he's got a good hand of like telling stories that we know from a sort of slightly different angle and doing them in this sort of format. I, I found it very watchable. You know, it was it was quite easy going. It was playing a lot on the, the differences, you know, and the fact that, I mean, it, it caused some conversation in our house, the house where I was watching it. Why did the German soldiers get to go home? And I said, well, you couldn't exactly have brought the British soldiers home over the, the channel. It wasn't, you know, realistic. Um, why is but it, it one show on? Yeah, no. why is it, yeah, why is it the one show on? <laughs> My parents, who I watched it with, have recently been up to the Tower of London to see the amazing poppy display there. This finishes off, I think, doesn't it, the whole year of uh, remembrance that we've had on the BBC about the First World War. Or is it... They're doing it for four years, aren't they? Aren't they doing a whole four-year retrospective? I think. <laughs> like that. I don't know. Sounds like an I don't know. I, I thought it was very good. And, you know, the only bit I didn't know whether how historically accurate it was was when the German and British armies both went onto the battlefield to collect their dead at the same time. I wasn't sure whether... I know there's the stories of the famous football match on Christmas Day, but I don't know if, you know, English and and German forces would have done that without then killing each other. Children in need this year, this is uh, Gareth Malone putting together a, uh, inverted commas, celebrity choir, um, Mm -hmm. featuring Joe Brand, Mel from Mel and Sue, Larry Lamb, Alison Steadman, John Craven, and some female rugby player. Very good. Um, And what's his name? Fabrice Muamba is in this as well. He was the guy that had a heart attack on the football pitch about three or four years ago. So he didn't let him do any solos just in case. It occurred to me doing this actually that it is possible, despite um, how how much Matt and I have seen of Gareth Malone, it is possible that. This was people's first experience with him because this was the first BBC One show, hmm. you know, that he's had. He's always been on BBC Two before. He did the thing to... with Gary Barlow of the the um, Jubilee yeah, song suppose... that was on BBC One, I believe that program. You know, but I think Gar- I think that was just for a tax write-off, wasn't it? Oh. Karen Brady is Baron. Yeah. Gary Barlow. We're gonna get. Ba- oh, I think we could be called liable to say Gary Barlow fiddles his tax. It was in the news. <laughs> It's the last podcast we'll ever do um, after my visit to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can right, cut that so out. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you get there just before me with a cut joke. Oh, I hate uh, it. I really enjoyed this. It was this. <laughs> it's the same old story. There's no, you know, there's no. Yeah, they can't sing, and then they can't. Yeah. What I thought was a bit. Dodgy was all oh, the the celebrities aren't really going to be singing that much because we've brought in some kids who can sing. Well, I, li- I, I watched the video uh, of the official single, which oh, is right. able to pre-order now on iTunes, um, which, of course, we, d- we haven't seen yet. Um, it's Wake Me Up, but isn't it, by Avicii? It's Wake Me Up from Avicii and I.O. Black, and um, the kids do a lot of the singing. But Mel from Mel and Sue from the Bake Off has a fantastic solo at the start. I heard actually, and Linda Robson were both on the same series of uh, Celebrity Fame Academy um, back oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Where Craig Revel Hallwood was one of the judges, and I think Joe Brown was on the first series as well. It was children in need, but it was never too. More yeah, and there was a couple bits, wasn't there? It was a bit with Gareth Malone, a bit with Alison Steadman, which yeah. I quite, which I found quite emotional. You, you expect that? You expect hmm. those in the children well, in need show? Three scenes with Gareth Malone and the hooker. 
any <laughs> that's a new series altogether. Any... Oh, libel, libel. You have have, I've, I've, I've listened to the single. It it did bring a real lump to my throat. It's a real. It's gonna do well for children in need. It's a it's a good hour's worth of television. I think it's good. They've only done two parts. Mm. Yeah. And it was good fun. I enjoyed okay. it. Okay. Um, moving on now to something that um, I think we've all seen this one. Uh, Toast of London returned for a second series. More sort of anarchic laughs with um, the uh, celebrities and prostitutes blow football tournaments. Uh, Matt, where... Do you have to say that every week? It makes me feel Well, when so I'm talking about Toast of London at one, yeah. Are we rolling? Hi, Stephen. This is Clem Fandango. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Um, I... I... I like I like this a lot. It's one of the funniest things. Well, particularly out coming out of UK comedies at the moment. I mean, it's not I think there's quite a few good hard. actually at the moment. Well, the, if you look, Detectorist, Detectorist, Total sure Recall, funny. which I know I'm the only one who's watching that, but I, mean, I still the only think. One, yeah, I'll generally. be able to see that after the vasectomy this morning. Uh, but the thing, was the it thing you on the vasectomy? I didn't ask that question at the time. No, no, no I will not. Wasn't like that. you didn't press your red button, did you? And you <laughs> yeah, interactive. Yeah. Did Hollow Willoughby perform it? Hollow Willoughby. Holly Willoughby. Just then, I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's just stop our podcast careers. We cannot get any better than that gag right no. there. Toast yeah. of London is one of those shows. I feel like. I should like because I'm, as everybody knows, cool and hip and with it. Um, yeah, down I don't kids. love it. I don't love it. There are bits of it I yeah, found it really funny. A bit. It's it's like Anchorman in the sense that it's more quotable and better in your memory than it is actually watching. I went back and watched That's an episode of series one, and actually I didn't enjoy it as much. I think maybe it's the quoting of it that makes it so popular. I did like Tracy Ann Oberman in it though. I thought she was brilliant and. Um... Morgana Robinson as well as his agent I just think I think everyone puts their all into sort of this you know convincing as these larger than life characters I think I enjoyed it for what it was moving on uh, something Gary's seen um, and again something me and Luke have watched via the people's couch the American goggle box it's oh, constant hell no. it's constant oh hell no, oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. The show they're talking about is Constantine, an American horror drama, I think would be the best thing to call it, or certainly it's uh, very dark. Uh, It's awful. Well, unfortunately, it's not great. No, it's not great. The lights are flickering, the devil's on his way. Here it comes. Oh, God. The cement. Is that the ground? Oh, hell no. Oh, Amanda, what do you got me watching? This is crazy. Already. My name is John Constantine. It's a, based on a comic book, based on a, a comic book series in Hellblazer, uh, of a, of a gentleman that uh, has been is able to perform exorcisms and in very in touch with the dark Vasect- arts. Vasectomies. Uh, probably yes. Although I wouldn't want to be around when he did one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it could be more screaming than you think, because there's a lot of demon that involved. Existential vasectomy. Oh hell no. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh hell no. Oh, the hell reason. No. Um, so it's showing on Amazon Prime in this country only a few days after it's being shown. I think on Fox in the US. It's not a great series. It's trying to do too much too soon. It's picking up on the uh, favorability of supernatural. And um, I don't think it's going to get either a full series or a second series. Oh, 
hell no. There are going to be probably some good episodes, maybe the odd good scene, but on the whole, not recommending this. Oh, hell no. Presumably, Gary, they've bought them all, is that how it works? They have, but they're showing them um, one at a time, you know, so they're releasing them as they've been shown in the States. Oh, hell so no. We're only getting one episode a week. <laughs> Oh, Previews with Luke. Oh, oh hell no. no! Oh hell no! <laughs> oh hell no! Is the new CBS procedural crime thingy stalker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I've so That's anyway. quite accurate there, to be fair. Uh, the sad thing about this is the trailer when when I was putting all the upcoming fall season stuff together. The Ooh, trailer didn't look. Luke. Did, oh, fall oh, season. Hell no. I know what that is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. About. I um, thought that the preview was very good, wasn't it? I the thought. preview looked very good, but all I've heard about this yeah. is how awful it One is. Of the worst well, I, I. Um, to uh, me, this is like a one-off episode of another creature. You know, you can't do a whole series based on stalkers. So if you, you're thinking about watching this, my advice would be, oh, hell no, really. Because yeah. I don't think you should. I feel like uh, a new uh, rating uh, system is coming in on our show. We don't like saying, <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> and I haven't even seen Gogglebox America, so. Uh, speaking of Sky Living, they are also showing the... Uh, doing much better. Third series of Elementary, which, mm. as Gary describes on our uh, cheat sheet here, is Sherlock in New York. <laughs> uh, the newsroom returns. One of Gary's favourites from one of Gary's favourite people, Aaron Sorkin. It's the third and final series of the HBO show that is now going to be showing on Sky Atlantic. That's on the 12th of November. That's Wednesday at Sky yeah. Atlantic. Uh, yeah. 10, sorry, I couldn't see it there. The Fool Returns. This is Gillian Anderson, Jimmy oh, no, and Lot. This is, this is my nickname, isn't it? The Fool. The Fool Returns. The Fool, yeah, sorry. Uh, Jamie Dornan and Gillian Anderson are back. It's and, on anyone, and anyone RTE who's in Hollyoaks. Tonight? Yes. It's on RTE tonight, and it's on BBC Two on Thursday. Yep. Um, a lot of people looking forward to this after they were hugely disappointed by the uh, ending of Series 1, but of course... Alan Kubit, the writer, we already knew that he had the second series. Yeah, when I went to the screening, he said that he already had a second series planned. And uh, Babylon, Jesse Armstrong and um, Sam Bain from First yes, Meet that's it. Show. Uh, they are back with Babylon. It's the full series of the PR police drama comedy starring uh, James Nesbitt. Of he's the everywhere, movie. isn't he? He's everywhere. He's, no wonder he looks so tired all the time. Well, that's, he'll have to go off on a holiday with Thomas Cook's thing. Um, and also, yeah, did, uh, yeah. Poppy Love, next Thursday, 10 o'clock, new uh, yeah, BBC4 sitcom. And jo- Joanna Scanlon uh, of Getting On. Babylon, I didn't like the pilot of. Uh, it might be a bit broader, though. In the, in the and yeah, David I Ray I wasn't like in it, it at all. <sighs> Again, I've, an early, I've, 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 an early 90s gag for you there. Early yeah. 2000s, that is. Early I've 2000. the contemporary references here. Shall I do on. the... Uh, you might have to include the, the, the clip. Who goes... Babylon. Are you doing the shaky head? Where... Yeah, you have, to do, the, you have to do the shaky head. I don't know where Gary was in the early noughties because he always thinks everything was <laughs> yeah. the early noughties. He thought the darkness who, who like came along in 2003 were from the late nineties. When you two get to your forties, if either of you make it that far, you'll understand. <laughs> oh, hell that, no. oh hell no! You'll understand uh, unless you have a bad vasectomy. You'll understand that oh, the human no. the human mind begins to. Think of other things rather than time scales and names and dates. Well, definitely <laughs> not names. An, an important minutia. 
you'll concentrate on the bigger things, smelling the roses, uh, opening your eyes in the morning and seeing the sunlight coming through your window. Oh, hell no. Uh, you can download this podcast uh, from iTunes. You can give us a like on Facebook. Tell Facebook. your friends. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TV. Twitter changed again yesterday. Yeah, yeah I know. So annoying. My mind was blown. Uh, at that's TV Bites for Matt, if he can find out where Twitter is now, and at the Gary Show. Uh, but if you want to send him anything related to the noughties, you have to remember he thinks it was the 90s. Uh, where do you think we are now? It's 2014 with you as well, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's not sure. 2004 now. You've, I'm not living ten years in the past. And, it, and, and here up in Stoke, it's 98. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're all edging towards the same place. Uh, we will be back next week with more TV talk and uh, less vasectomies. That is a promise. Um, <laughs> we've done on quota. Of, we've done on quota of vasectomy jokes for a whole year. So we're. we're have we met our quota? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, have next we week... met the uh, European Union quota? I don't want to fall short next of that. Next week, we are all about sterilisation, so please... <laughs> Is that the follow-up to All About the Base? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can uh, download this podcast from iTunes. I've said that. You can download it from the website, thecustardtv.com. And just I've visit that Luke. website, because it's quite good. Yeah. I've been Luke. And now Gary will sing us out on a special vasectomy edition of the Custard TV podcast. Well, I, I don't know if this particular artist has had a vasectomy. I don't want to ask. Is it, I don't want the first to cut is the Z-Pist. Are you going <laughs> to... Oh, I should have done that one. Also, by the cutting crew. I just died in your arms tonight would have been good. But no, we, we talked about it earlier, so I felt uh, that a touch, of, a touch of the nail needs to be... Uh, uh, <laughs> no doubt it's plain to see. We're like you's no good for me. <laughs> I'm running on another door. The words aren't coming up quick enough. <laughs> I'm done for I ask for more. Well, that's how it is with me. But you know I'll always come back. And this uses me. And somewhere I hear a door slam. So I say, I just, I hope I'm a better liar than she is. She says, oh, hell no. I don't want nobody else. She's lying. I don't want nobody else, and that's true. She's lying. Oh, hell no. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.